We praise you from Brandon Lake. Pastor Jeff Grant speaking, and this is Radio Church on 4CRM Mackay, 107.5 FM. May our God richly bless you as you worship Him in this hour of praise, prayer and teaching. Let's have a prayer to start with. Our Father, may you be pleased to bless this time, this time that we are spending in your Holy Word and in your praise. Thank you for your Holy Spirit who convicts the world of sin, who reveals your Son, Jesus Christ, our Saviour and Lord, and inspires us to love and serve you in faith and obedience, and all for your great glory. And I ask in Jesus' name, Amen. I'd like to read for you from Psalm 16. Keep me safe, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord, and apart from you I have no good thing. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Amen. I read that for you because it, um, it sounds very much like the, what the Apostle Paul was thinking when uh, he wrote to Timothy in uh, 2 Timothy 4, which I'm going to read to you in a little while. But first of all, we'll hear from Reuben Morgan as he sings, along with the Hillsong team, Lord, I give you my heart. Here's Reuben Morgan.
listening to Radio Church on 4CRM Mackay, 107.5 FM. Jeff Grant here, and today's message I've called Looking Forward, Looking Back. And I've taken this, as I just mentioned, from Timothy's, uh, from Paul's letter, rather, to Timothy, chapter 4 and verses 1 through 8. I'll read it for you out of the New International Version. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. And in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say, what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Yes, so this message I've called Looking Forward, Looking Back. And it's Paul writing what could be his last will and testament to Timothy, his apprentice, his young um, sidekick, his young follower, his young disciple. Paul was his mentor, virtually his spiritual father, his teacher and his godly example. Paul was coming to the end of his earthly life. The death sentence was already passed. Execution by the Romans was imminent and he reviewed his final instructions and then completed his completed life as an example for his protege, Timothy. And so he charges Timothy to keep on preaching the word. No matter what the opposition is, no matter what the, what the disturbances or discouragements, just keep on doing it. And he says that there, there will come a time when people will not want to listen. They'll, they'll be gathering around themselves all kinds of teachers who tell them what they want to hear. But he says, I want you to press on, as I have all my life, and do the things that will please God. The first part of uh, what I want to talk to you about today, I've simply called, I have fought the good fight. The three uh, of the couplet that Paul uses here, I have fought the good fight. When he said that to Timothy, Timothy would understand only too well what Paul was saying. For he had been with Paul on many occasions when he had to stand up against opposition. First of all, there was opposition from the Jewish people who did not like the message that Paul was giving that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And he's, he was put to death on the cross uh, to pay for our sins and he was raised from the dead. In fact, the message um, was continually that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And yet Paul had to stand up against the Jewish opposition. But then there were other oppositions too from people within the church, the Judaizers, 
who wanted people, new Christians, first of all, well, to be circumcised and to, and to teach all the Jewish law. And they thought they were doing God a favour by pushing forward such ideas, but Paul had to, had to stand against them and preach a gospel of grace through faith. And continually, that was his message. He had to fight to make sure this message remained pure. But dear ones, Paul not only had to fight against uh, Jewish opposition, opposition from within the church, but then there were people who were unbelievers who fought against him because of finance and economics, because when he spoke against idol worship, uh, that was the business of the day. A lot of economies of various towns like Ephesus and other places that Paul uh, preached in were based on selling idols and all that kind of thing. So he faced a lot of opposition from uh, business people who felt he was destroying their economy, their finances. And so all his ministry life, from start to finish, he struggled and fought to keep the message pure and to stop people from distorting it. But dear ones, Paul had to fight another fight as well, the fight that we all have to fight. He had to fight against his own sinful nature, which reared its ugly head from time to time. Paul struggled with all kinds of issues, and he talked about that very, very openly in Romans chapter 7. He says, the very things I want to do, I, I don't do. I find myself not doing them. And, and the things I don't want to do, they're the things I do. I've got this problem with coveting. Uh, that was one of his problems, uh, one of his sins, one of his temptations to covet. And Paul was distressed at his own sinfulness. And he spoke a lot about having a pure heart, having a Christ-like lifestyle and behavior. In fact, at the end of chapter 7 of Romans, Paul said, the only, the only thing that will keep me from being defeated from my own sinful nature is the Lord Jesus Christ. His presence, my love for him, his strength to overcome temptations. I wonder how you are fighting the good fight. It's a good fight. It's worth every struggle, every bit of suffering, every difficulty, uh, every trial we face in order to keep the gospel, to stay pure, to do the work of God. Paul said to Timothy, I have fought the good fight. Let's pause just for a moment and listen to Keith Green, who was no stranger to struggle, and he certainly fought a good fight too. Here he's singing, There is a Redeemer.
CRM Mackay, 107.5 FM. This is Radio Church and I'm Jeff Grant and I'm sharing with you a message I've called Looking Forward, Looking Back. We're looking at 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verses 1 through 8, Paul's virtual last will and testament. And we looked at the first of the couplet here in verse 7, I have fought the good fight. And Paul now says the second thing, that he says, and he emphasised that I have finished the race. Well, certainly he's finished the race of life. And he knows very well that uh, for Timothy, who was virtually just starting out, Timothy was a pastor, a young man, and he was uh, going to face all the same kind of problems and difficulties that Paul faced. But Paul could now say to him, I have finished the race. Yes, all my life, since I met the Lord Jesus Christ on that dusty road, he's given me the commission to preach the word. So wherever I've gone, I've preached the gospel of grace, that Christ died for our sins, and he was raised from the dead, that we might have faith in him. That was his message. Everywhere he went, he taught that. And he spent lots of time in some places like Ephesus and Athens and Corinth, uh, many other places too, but he spent extended time teaching the word of God all through the Old Testament, explaining that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. I finished the race of sharing the gospel from Antioch all the way to Illyricum. That's on the western side of, of Greece. And now he, wants to, uh, he, he wanted to get to Rome, and he certainly did get to Rome. He even had an ambition to go all the way to Spain, to Iberia, and to preach there as well. I finished that race because everywhere I've gone, I've taught the word of God. That was his call. That was his mission. And that was the race he ran. It wasn't a sprint. It involved him all of his life. But dear ones, not only did he preach the word and teach it and share his faith, he also raised up churches wherever he went, especially in the large uh, cities like Ephesus and Corinth and Athens and other places and, and even in Rome. Uh, his, his goal was to raise up cities in the big urban areas and then they could share the gospel out into the countryside and further afield. And he organised and called and provided elders and church leaders in every place. He appointed them. That was his goal, that churches would, would uh, thrive with godly leaders in charge. But he, he went even further than that. He did what the Lord Jesus Christ did. He raised up disciples people who would follow his personal example. You know, if you do a study 
through the book of uh, Acts and all the letters of Paul, you'll find over 30 names that are mentioned twice or more. These are people Paul kept running into, Paul associated with him. He took them with him on his journey. People like Timothy and Luke and Titus and Silas and Priscilla and Aquila and Apollos and, like I said, another score of people that he invested his life with. He's simply following the example of the Lord Jesus Christ, who did the same thing with the 12 apostles and instructed them to do the same. Pass on to others what I've passed on to you. In fact, at the beginning of this letter, 2 Timothy 2, 2, that's exactly what Paul says to Timothy. What I've committed to you before faithful men, I want you to pass on to others who will be able to teach others also. There's four generations, Paul, Timothy, faithful men and others. And God says to you and I, our goal in life is to do exactly the same thing as Paul did, to finish the race. All our life, we are called to be examples of the gospel, written gospels, our lives are, and to, and to do all we can to win people to Christ and then to encourage them to stand firm and grow mature, as I pray and trust we are. That's our goal. And Paul said, I have finished the race. I've done all I could. There's, uh, there's, my time's run out. I can't do any more than I've done. But I've left behind these over 30 people who are continuing to teach and to share the Word of God. When you look back on your life, I've called this message looking forward, looking back. When you look back on your life, what would be the legacy that you will leave behind? If you're like Paul, and I pray like me, the legacy will be in people's lives that you have influenced and changed by your, your own lifestyle and people that you have encouraged and taught and raised up to be disciples as you are. Paul could say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. He said, I have finished the race. Let's stop a moment while we listen to Chris Tomlin. He's going to sing for us, Our God.
This is for Sarah in Mackay, 107.5 FM. Jeff Grant here again, and I've called this message from 2 Timothy chapter 4, looking forward, looking back. We looked at the couplet in verse 7. I have finished, I rather I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race. And now Paul says to Timothy, his protege and apprentice, I have kept the faith. What did Paul mean by, I've kept the faith? Well, his faith, of course, is primarily in the Lord Jesus Christ. And from the moment he, he met Christ on the Damascus Road, as I mentioned previously, he continually trusted him. And he continually grew in his relationship with him. He talked about him. He testified uh, over and over and over again. In the book of Acts, in uh, chapter 13, where it's first mentioned by Luke, then in chapter 22, and then in chapter 26, Paul's testimony is repeated again and again. And that's the only time we see it recorded, but no doubt he did it hundreds, if not thousands of times. He simply told people why he was a Christian. Has anyone ever asked you why you're a Christian? What would you say to them? How could you explain how and why you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Would you be able to keep the faith if someone said to you, why are you a Christian? Why do you go to church? Why do you believe? What's made you the way you are? Paul could say, from the moment I met Jesus, he was my Lord. The first thing I said to him was, who are you, Lord? And the second thing I said was, what do you want, Lord? What do you want me to do? That's keeping the faith. You see, dear ones, believing in Jesus Christ, and Paul certainly had a wonderful experience of believing. And remember, Jesus said, there'll, there'll be many who will not see me who will believe. And how wonderful it will be for them because their, their faith uh, will be the thing that guides them. Their, their belief is based always and totally by faith. But Paul actually had an experience seeing Jesus Christ. And to believe in Jesus Christ means to love him. And to love him means to obey him. And to obey him means to serve him. To offer one's life, to surrender one's will, to surrender one's body, that he might occupy it uh, through his Holy Spirit and that we become temples of the living God. See, to keep the faith is far more than simple uh, belief in Jesus Christ. James could say that demons believe and they tremble, they shudder, but they certainly don't love Jesus, they certainly don't obey him, and they certainly don't serve him. This is a test of whether we are keeping the faith or not, because to believe is to love, is to obey, and is to serve. And you can't say, I'm a Christian because I go to church or I belong to that church or that whatever denomination. That's not going to cut any anything with God at all. He's not impressed with that. It's, am I serving him? Am I serving him out of love? And that's the secret of Paul's life. He said, I've kept the faith because from the moment I met him, I fell in love with Jesus. And everything I did was for his sake. I served him. I suffered for him. I went without food. I struggled with people. I was shipwrecked more than once. I've been locked up in jail countless times. 
I've almost starved, I've been whipped, I've been stoned. All this he did because he loved Jesus Christ. He said, I have kept the faith. What a wonderful testimony to come to the end of your life and to say, I've kept the faith. But then in this lovely passage in Second Timothy, Paul goes further than that. He says, I've been looking, looking back. Now I'm looking forward. He says, now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness. And we're made righteous when we believe in Christ. But the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me when he sees me face to face. He'll reward me with a crown of righteousness. And not just for me, Paul says, but to all who've longed for his appearing. Hope as I am that you're longing for his appearing. Uh, and that could happen in two ways. He could return or he could take you to be with himself. And when you meet Jesus face to face at the end of your earthly life, will you be able to say with Paul, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have certainly kept the faith. Let's stop. And I have two songs to share with you before we end this Radio Church service. First of all, Cole Buchanan's going to sing uh, Jesus Strong and Kind. It's a song directed at children, but it's applicable to all of us. Here's Cole Buchanan.
Jeff Grant again, beloved. That was Cole Buchanan on 4CRM 107.5 FM. And now we're going to hear from Osinachi Okoro, Waymaker. Here's Osinachi Okoro.
Are you hurt? 